Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of What Most People Think. I hope that you had a good new year. Uh, did you have a good new year? What did you do in, in Scotland? Did you were you allowed to party or did you did you did you dance for 12 seconds and then get body slammed by one of Sturgeon's goons? A secret police, the secret dancing police. Look, there's a block there doing a wee jig. Uh, what about in Wales? What about did Mark Drakeford's? Did Mark Drakeford's heavies? Did they spot you smiling? You would be smiling, not in Mark Drakeford's words. We shall have no fun here, boy. Uh, in England, we were able to go out, and you know what? Probably I would have been better off if uh, I'd been living in either Wales or Scotland because. Um, I, I overdid it, man. I overdid it. I went for a daytime event, but the problem with daytime events, if you're a veteran clubber like me, is you think, ah, early start, early finish. And you sort of start at like midday and you still go to like 11 p.m. And uh, I'm still paying for it now, three days later. I went out on New Year's Day, you see, because I've always thought it's New Year's Eve for show, New Year's Day for the pro. And what that means is we can't get babysitting on New Year's Eve. But I went out with the lads, and it was a lot of fun. I was very boisterous, very shouty, and I got a lot of stuff out of my system. So I'm just waiting for the for the videos to emerge. Yeah, there'll be videos, I hope. I hope. Look, in my mitigation, <laughs> it was the first time I've been out for a while. Anyway, what's your situation now? You working from home again? Hmm? Do you working from home again? Did you, tell, did you tell your boss that you felt unsafe? I just feel like, you know, unsafe, but you didn't feel unsafe when you went out on New Year's Eve, did you? Eh? But just somehow when it comes to work, my unsafeness feels more unsafe. So a lot of middle class people who've never been back to work. Some of them, this is what people don't realise as well. You, you're, you're a normal person, you work in a public facing job. You don't realise some of these fuckers have never been back to work since this thing started and they're still not going back. They still call work padding downstairs in their little totes toasties. Are they even still a thing? And uh, logging on to a Zoom at about 11, all right? Just just bear in mind, this, this pandemic hasn't been the same for everybody. So this is what most people think. If this is the first time that you're tuning in, it is a podcast which tries to get to the heart of what normal, everyday people feel about political and social events. From a guy who has voted Tory in the past, most recently, uh, but, you know, possibly not currently, not under Boris, uh, so that's an ongoing thing. And, but, you know, whatever I discuss in this episode, yeah, I'm obviously not going to be bang on about what most people think. This isn't fucking YouGov, right? Because obviously those guys are always accurate. So if you have an issue with anything or you want to pick up the discussion, please email me, what most people people what most people think, UK, at gmail.com. Or anything. If you've got problems, I'll do a letter section at the end. You know, I quite like personal problems as well, in a sort of schadenfreude way. Um, so we are... Today's show is uh, because it's, you know, you know, it's like all these 
media products, magazines, shows, the one show. It's all about new year, new me. And you never really have that for blokes, do you? For normal blokes, it's always makeup, new regimes, detox, things that most people aren't going to do. So I thought I would get back on my old mate, Matt Marnie, who appeared on the show briefly last year and got an excellent reaction. He's a, he's a personal trainer, but he also trains personal trainers. He knows about Pilates, fucking yoga, wellness, all this stuff. I thought I'd pick his brain for five simple tips to be a better bloke in 2022. All right, just simple, simple things. We're all simple blokes, right? And, and I know that some of this will be of benefit uh, to, to women as well. But uh, I, I think there's quite a lot in this area for women in terms of magazines and This Morning and fucking Loose Women and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I thought we'd, we'd focus this on men, but obviously not exclusively uh, for men. Uh, we're going to have a quick catch-up as well before we speak to Matt about the face masks in school debate. And now I can finally announce the replacement for the cuss count. Uh, you know, it was, it was much loved by some, much reviled by others. It lasted for a year and a half. We gave the trophy away. By the way, if you haven't listened to the Christmas special with Romesh Ranganathan, it was one of the funniest episodes we've done, so that's still there for you to listen to. And then Mystic Jeff 2022, which is episode 122, I think, uh, is uh, there's a lot of predictions in there, some which are already been proved right. So listen to that so you can hold me to account at the end of the year. But... Um, the replacement for the cuss count, okay? So this is it. And, and bear with me, because I think this needs a bit of explaining. <laughs> I'm losing faith in it already. The We're going to call it the erm curve. Now listen, bear with me, okay? Big cuss count fans going, what? We're losing the cuss count for this shit. As you know, if you listen to a lot of uh, podcasts, you get a lot of erm in, don't you? Go, um, um, um. Now some, some of them edited them out. I think we should incentivize having less erms. I think there's far too many. So the cuss count, it was never entirely clear, was it, whether or not you were aiming to swear a lot or swear very little. Whereas this new one, the erm curve, you're definitely looking for less. You want to be, you want to have one of the fewest number of erms throughout the whole show. And hopefully this will, um, there you go. So there you go. This is a problem. You can play along at home. It's a fun game. Is that it will encourage you to be more fluent in your discourse. I always end up saying that, Russell Bland, you can be more meticulous in your expostulations. Um, and there you go, there's another one. See, I told you this is a good game. You can, you can keep track yourself. And we might even do the, the arm curve will be the main thing. We might also do the you know flow, you know? <laughs> the arm curve and the you know flow. It'll be like Chris Whitty and Valance, wouldn't it? Here you go, we see the... The erms going up here, and you'll see a spike there. But equally, the your nose went down this week. So obviously, everyone has to now live in their basements. So that is it. It's the erm curve. We're going to be playing that for the whole year, and we're going to limit it to a calendar year, and we'll just keep rolling on like this. We'll come up with new ideas, things to track in podcasts, because there will always be something. There is some little tick that people have um, that we can keep track of and make fun. Uh, make fun? I sound like a shitty primary school teacher there. Um, oh, by the way, a lot of you mentioned that in the uh, Christmas episode with Romish, we, we sort of spitballed an idea about a right-wing primary school teacher. And a lot of you seem to like that. So I'm hoping to have a chat with him soon and see whether or not there is something in that, you know? Well, there you go. I just said you know. Um, that one was deliberate. Okay. Uh, new patrons, check your accounts, by the way. We just had the... They run the payments at the end of the month and obviously booted some people out, including MEBL. Emmy BL is a VIP, so we give Emmy. She's re-signed up. She noticed that. She messaged me to say to explain what had happened, and uh, so I'm giving her another shout out there. Emmy BL, 
Emmy, I mean, all of the things that I can think of about Emmy's name are a bit inappropriate, okay? We're living post Me Too now. I don't want to be saying that sort of stuff, but I want to do want to say to all the VIPs, thank you so much uh, for your support. Uh, some of you had your questions uh, read out in the Mystic Jeff episode. See, now I'm trying to avoid the arms. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, my God, just... <laughs> I'm tired. What have I done? I've tied myself up in fucking knots here. Okay, let's do a quick thank you and a fuck you before uh, we have a quick chat about face masks in schools and then we get talking to Matt. Uh, thank you to Shane Ritchie. I went to, we go and see Panto every year in Wimbledon. Uh, so I took my I took my son there. And the funny thing about my son is because he's into AFC Wimbledon now. He thinks everything in Wimbledon is AFC. So he thinks it's the AFC Wimbledon Theatre. <laughs> And uh, we went to see Shane Ritchie's Dick Whittington. We'd heard that he had a tremendous dick, which he's been wowing mums, dads and kids with his dick, um, you know, for several weeks now. And it was so funny. It was so funny because the thing about pantos, right? I've seen a few recently and they, they put a lot of effort in and there's a lot of uh, tweaking of the stories, trying to update stuff. And all of, all of them have been brilliant. But this was just a good old fashioned, straight down the line, cheeky, innuendo laced pantomime I mean it's a dick Whittenden so one of the lines was where the main character said oh she'll never be able to give up dick she loves dick I mean that that's you're speaking to me <laughs> at that point uh, and and Shane Ritchie was just a fantastic performer he's a very generous performer and he come out and he just did some old lines though it was nice to hear he said uh, he said all right uh, some lovely looking ladies in here tonight he says a couple of woofers in not naming names but you know who you are and the kids were cracking up they haven't heard this kind of meanness. <laughs> and uh, he did a, a joke. I hadn't heard this one before, but I'm presuming it's an older joke, which was he said, uh, he asked a woman where she came from, and she said she came from Streatham. He went, ah, Streatham. Streatham is famous for two things, beautiful women and their rugby team. Uh, what position do you play? <laughs> Come on. It's funny. It's funny. But because of the kind of way that comedy's gone, it all seemed weirdly transgressive. You know, it seemed quite creative. And uh, even even when the Panto Dame came on and he pointed out that the Panto Dame had an Adam's apple, and I don't know if I've listened to too much trans debate, but I was like, oh, shame, fucking hell, mate. Do you know what I mean? Don't get cancelled for a Panto, my old son. And the fuck you this week goes to uh, digital photographs. I've realised in December of this year that we need to go back to old cameras. Anything would be better than what we've got now, which is that we keep all these photos, take all these photos of all these things, right? The best that ever happens. Hardly anyone prints them out. And I'm sure that a couple of you will now email me and feel free to say, oh, actually, every three months we do an out. Oh, fuck you. No one else is that organised, all right? What mainly happens is that every so often you pass your phone to another human and then just feel stressed while they just go, okay. And then they start scanning past the sort of range of photos which you wanted them to look at. And even though you haven't got a dick pic on there, you're thinking there might be a dick. Anyway, that might just be me. So I think it's time to go back to physical photographs. It just hasn't worked out, the digital thing. I mean, do, you remember, do you remember digital photo frames? Hey, I almost feel like I have to do nostalgia humour as a northern comic. Remember digital photo frames? Remember that? Remember you put two photos on there and fucked it off to the charity shop, didn't you? But all we've got now, the only kind of physical photos, physical photos that you have now, are those ones when you go to like a theme park and you come down a log flume. <laughs> It'd be a really strange record. We all got shit backed up to the iCloud. What are you gonna do? You're gonna leave your iCloud in the wheel to your kid. Like, do you remember? Do you remember when you used to leave? Like, you had to sort out the the loft. Everything that was in the loft was left to the kids to sort out. Now it will have to sort through our parents' iCloud, and that that is gonna leave some dodgy stuff, isn't it? Oh, did not want to see that. 
Okay, before we get into the chat with Matt, let's have a quick chat about face masks returning to secondary schools. So in the weird bit of Christmas between Christmas and New Year, or the Christmas gooch, as it's called, you know, I don't know if everybody knows this, but the gooch is a bit between, well, between your arse and your balls. I mean, there's no... <laughs> It's no easy way of saying that. It's supposed to be the, the not good bit between two potentially good bits, depending on how you roll. Uh, but it came out that the government, who've stuck quite steadfastly to the plan B, is, is as far as they're willing to go for now with the data that we have, is that we're going to bring back um, face mask wearing as mandatory in classroom for secondary school pupils. So bear in mind, a lot of people think about 14, 15-year-olds. You have some really little kids, uh, 11 11-year-olds go to secondary school. It's one of the strange things when you're a teacher that you sort of forgot about secondary school is how there's just these tiny fuckers rock up. You, know, you just see there, you just say, oh my God, there's a walking rucksack. And it turns out some little kid. And they're just really small people knocking about. So yeah, it would include them. Include, and anyone who, is, who distinctly remembers being in school or anybody who's taught will just, you should be thinking about how, how enforceable is this, right? Because when you're teaching... The thing you do for the first 10 minutes of any lesson is give out pens. <laughs> You're just a fucking pen distributor. That's all you are. You go, you start a lesson, there's usually about six kids, I haven't got a pen, right? In an attitude way they do that suggests it. The main reason they haven't got a pen is because, well, they didn't bring one a few days and then they noticed that twats like you would give them a free pen. So you just go, okay, here goes a pen. Hey, get you on task. Here's a pen, right? I haven't got a pen. I'm no breakfast. I forgot to breathe, right? They just they need a lot of management. So the idea that those same kids are going to remember an N95 surgical mask and keep it on all day, I've got to say, it's a bit of a reach for me. Uh, and also, kids never really wear anything as they're... I mean, it's just one group in society that don't wear things as it's supposed to be worn. It's it's kids. And, and beyond all that, the question that we need to ask is, would they work, especially with Omicron? I mean, they were having problems finding absolutely incontrovertible evidence evidence that masks work but logically you'd have always thought that come on if you have something on your face it stops stuff getting out you know maybe if you're in the same space with somebody for several hours at a time that benefit diminishes but you'd think that there's some benefit with omicron it turns out it's just like the fucking escapologist of the uh, <laughs> of covid-19 it's the fucking harry houdini can get out of anything i'm i'm wondering what is going to be the efficacy? There you go, I said efficacy. I said that a couple of weeks ago, and I'm saying it again. It's my new word. Um, and I just I just don't see it as being that effective, given the difficulty with enforcement, given the transmissibility of Omicron. Why are we doing this? Why? Are we, and I'm not knocking the teachers. Well, I, you know, but they... I don't think this is the teachers. I think this is the unions, right? You think about the workplace in general, okay? Like, you think about boardrooms and kind of panels and diversity panels, they've become a lot more left-wing. So you now think about unions, which are essentially implicitly largely a left-wing movement, really. You know, the Labour movement, not all unions are left-wing, but mostly. And then you think about, so if you get to the higher echelons of those unions, what are they really interested in day, out, day in, day out? Are they interested in teacher welfare? Well, you'd think that if they were, they might have intervened more squarely in the uh, incident in Huddersfield, where the teacher from uh, Batley School was hiding... Fearing for his life. <laughs> they think they might have had something to fucking say about that. Who'd had death threats for showing a, a contentious cartoon. But no, I think, and you might excuse me, you might, 
accuse me of being like a right wing shield for this, but I think that they quite like having sticks to beat the government with. And I think that, you know, COVID has certainly been for them a, a strong hand against the government in, in manoeuvring the government around or making them look bad. And I'm not saying this is entirely political, but it does seem to be that the kids' welfare in this situation seems to be a, a long way down the line, a long way down the line. And I think it's an even harder sell to the kids when you look back, when you look back at you know photos of this time, if you've actually printed any off. Um, and they'll see adults going to restaurants, pubs, and going out on New Year's. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, what, what are they going to think if they find a photo of a union rep crowd surfing at Fabric nightclub? <laughs> I bet you anyone that's what the Daily Mail or the right-wing tabloid would be like, I want, on my desk, I want a photo of a top union rep larging it up in London, those fucking hypocrites. Get it on my desk. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure that there's plenty of hypocrisy. I'm sure that the small amount of teachers who are kicking off about this, I'm sure they probably enjoyed their New Year's break to the fullest. And, you know, this generation of kids, they have been, they've been, we've been negligent, haven't we? Right, a lot of them missed out so much schooling. They're going to get to a certain age in their life, and they, they you know, there'll be a few letters of the alphabet. They haven't st- still haven't fully got their head around, and they can't remember the difference between England and Britain. You know, or is, is England the capital of Scotland? They won't know any of that shit. But uh, they'll still see that we were enjoying meal deals and Weatherspoons. I just, I think we've got to tread really carefully. This generation of kids have already compromised so much that one day when they rise up against us, I mean, what are we going to say? Do you know what I mean? If they they just kind of march us out single file into a, a firing squad and we're like, what are you, this is outrageous. I've been pulled from my home in the middle of the night. And they just show us one photo on one hand is them sitting in a classroom with face masks on. And on the other hand is you at Pizza Express having a laugh with your mates. You go, yeah, actually, could, sorry, could you do it straight between the eyes? Okay, so it's a new year and I've got Matt Marnie now to talk to us about simple ways that normal blokes and women some people are women, you know, these days, that we can all make simple improvements to our life and well-being. Okay, so rejoining us on what most people think is my very close friend, Matt Marnie. Matt, you've been out in uh, Christmas, you've been out in, no, you've been out in Dubai at Christmas. How's it been? What's it like? I mean, they there are a lot of expats, surely they celebrate it to a point, right? They do, mate. Firstly, it's good to be here, Jeff. Thank you for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure. Uh, yes, Christmas in Dubai. So, um, yeah, it is our first Christmas in Dubai. We were due to come back to the UK, but because of Omnicrom, I don't know how to pronounce it, but because of the uncertainty, we stayed here. Yeah. It's a very nice Christmas in Dubai. It's it's warm. Um, it's surprisingly festive. You get Father Christmas is most places. Yeah. Um, there's lots of brunches. Uh, hey, let's talk about... Racial sensitivities around Father Christmas. I mean, are they? I mean, obviously they're becoming more multi-ethnic here. Do the Emiratis yeah. go for a spectrum of colours? They love it, mate. They're beacons of hope in this region. You know, we're we're in a we're in a pretty uh, pretty lively region of the world. But I do have to say, in all fairness to the Emirati population, they're a beacon of hope for this region. So they they they. You they have like, to say that. Are they listening in? Is this why? Is this why I'm getting it? They they probably are, and I'm happy with that, <laughs> Jeff. I don't do anything wrong. So I'm happy, and Sheikh Mo, who is the leader of Dubai, he is superb, as is Sheikh Sultan in Sharjah. I love them all. Peace be with them. 
Absolutely. I love the MRTs. And but I genuinely do. I've got clients. Who no, no, no. I know. If one thing about you, if you move somewhere, you commit to that place. Like when you move to Milton Keynes, I have never known anybody so passionate about the area of Milton Keynes as you were. I still love Milton Keynes, mate. I, I won't <laughs> have anyone... Seriously, even out here, people ask me, where is Milton Keynes? I'll tell them. It's just, just north of London. Very good place. Um, so what about you? You're a person. I mean, you are, as I just mentioned there, in very good shape. But you do, you love to eat. You love to eat. That's always been a thing. Um, how much, you know, you work in the fitness game. Obviously, uh, you, you train over there. You train PTs. You've got this incredible podcast that's doing great things. How much do you let yourself go these days over Christmas? Over Christmas? Because um, I remember I the guy that once, uh, how many bags of Walker's Chris was it in one sitting? I can I can do sixteen, Jeff. I've I've 16. done sixteen. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I've got an issue with food. I overconsumed at Christmas. I trained regularly. I lifted weights. Yeah. But I definitely overconsumed at Christmas. But um, I used I use strategies like intermittent fasting, and then you know I have a little binge, and then when I get mm. back to it, I tidy the nutrition up, and uh, you know try and get back to my fighting weight, which is. Probably, you know, you have that weight on the scale. I think you've got it, yeah. and it's just 13, 13 and a half. You hover around. What my you mine, 13. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with things at first. I should probably be 12 and a half, but I can live with 13, 13 and a half, and then my head becomes round. No, no, I respect you because the nature of the game that you play. So you're on the road and you can, you know, you can eat, yeah, no, no petrol station food. You've actually kept your weight in Nick because I genuinely thought by the time you were mid 40s, you'd be a proper fat man. And yeah. you wait. You've actually respect you. You've actually you well, stayed. The fat man the is always way. inside. He speaks to me all the time. He encourages me. He says, "Just have that. Just have another KFC. Like you know, just want yeah. to go large." And so the fat man is there, but it just mostly I win the it win the battle. But I was speaking to this with Romesh on a previous podcast about weight. It's like I've realised that for almost all my adult life, my weight has been roughly between a stone parameters. You know what I mean? Which in a way is, is quite consistent. Yeah. So you, you do then wonder where this big idea comes from where you go, I'm going to get in shape. You go, where's the evidence across a t almost now 25-year period my weight has operated between one stone, you know? So which kind of brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about on the show today. Obviously, we're at the start of the year. If you go on this morning or the magazines, it's, how, it's a lot of it's directed towards the ladies or, you know, probably middle-class men about, you know, how to get the abs or how to, you know, have a new hair colour for the ladies in 2022. That's a bit stereotypical, but there you go. Or, or women might have abs these days, Matt. They, no, they do. They do have, in Dubai, they have abs. They also, in Dubai, they also have large buttocks. So we've obviously yeah. got a lot of cosmetic surgery that takes place in Dubai. We've got a street mm. called Al Wassel Street, which is full of clinics. So you will see uh, large bottoms that are not real. So, and yeah. also, yeah, you get fake abs implants that the guys out here in Dubai have and the girls. And I'm genuinely fake talking. Fake ab yeah. implants. I was, I was aware yeah. of the, the Brazilian butt lift, right? Which is the one for yeah. the backside. But the abs, I mean, surely the problem with that is if you then have abs put in, but then get really fat, <laughs> exactly. it's going to look... You yeah, but then they, no, I'm not joking. Then they go. I'm not joking here, Jeff. They go over to Israel. Yeah. You know, Lebanon. They go to Lebanon and they have gastric bypass uh, gastric bypass surgery. Young yeah. young girls go out gastric bypass surgery, come back, plastic abs, off you go. So I just think I would end up looking like. Remember Batman when Adam West played him in the '60s one. <laughs> I, I would end up looking. In fact, I just do look like that a bit at the moment. 
But I, I thought, you know, you, you're great with being, you know, motivational. And I think that with all these tips about how to make a better you, I think, to me, I've always thought most of them are meaningless if you can't sustain them, you know. They have to be things that you can absorb into an already busy life. So I kind of thought it'd be great to get you here today to have five t- tips to be a better bloke. Yeah, keep it oh, really simple. Nice. Well, five no, tips no, to not, be a better Let's not be gender-specific here, Jeff. I'm all about equality here. I'm you not. could be a better man, or are you not? Nah, don't, no, don't. My missus won't like that. She's all I, over DEI. So no, 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 no. I think I just think that it's, it's it's like when they discuss relationships and counselling on on loose women. We don't have enough that's specifically for us. So I I've got a hunch that maybe women that listen to this show, they might find stuff in to pass on to their fellows. Do you know what I mean? So so there's you know. They start, I realise that this sounds now a bit 1950s, like, yeah, you could help your man be a better man. But um, but if it was stuff that was predominantly for blokes, but women could if they if they felt they had to get involved. I mean, Jesus. No, 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 it's fair enough. I just want to state now for your female mm. listeners that I am actually a feminist and I do understand what it means. It just means equality and peace and love to shake mo. I just want to say that before... We move on to the Yeah, team. no, you could, you could, do, I, I would like to say that I am not, I think it's disgusting. It's, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Of course, these things will make sense uh, to both sexes, but um, I am thinking for, I am yes. in my mind, always thinking with this podcast of blokes in middle age that are struggling sure. to make those changes. So where do we begin? Okay, we kick off. Uh, tip number one, don't run before you can walk. And I yeah. literally mean that. So uh, this is the time of year when, and we'll keep it gender specific, when you probably see middle-aged, slightly overweight men running mm. around your local park. You've seen it in January, is it? It's like, fuck this, yeah. I'm going to get myself in shape. So, and, things and they look like, in pain, don't they? They look oh, in pain, they look anguished. No one looks happy when they run. We have to be honest yeah. about this. They don't. There's some people do. You get the odd gazelle, yeah. you know, who's light, weighs about, yeah, <laughs> they weigh 55 kilos. Oh, I love running. But no, not for most people people so you've got things like the couch to 5k so i've got a friend of mine who's a physiotherapist and he loves the couch to 5k program because he says most of his income in january and february comes from this couch to 5k so what people need to be clear about i'm not saying running is bad for you but what i would suggest to someone particularly if you've not been very active your missus has got on your case over christmas i'm going to sort this out start with walking i genuinely mean this so just like get out for a walk See if your body, and I'm talking about mm. joints, hips, knees, ankles, are able to sustain half an hour of walking three times yeah. a week before you start running, okay? Because what people don't realize is um, running is high impact. I think the stats, I think it says like it's, it's around two to three times your body weight with each stride when you run, as opposed to 1.2. What people forget, it's not just muscular chest. It's, oh, my legs feel fine. Ligaments mm. and tendons need time to adapt as well. So, and it's also about establishing habits. You said earlier about people, they try and get in shape, they give up by end of January. It's just, it's establishing habits. So if you can get out for a walk three times a week, which isn't as uncomfortable and really painful, and you don't want to do it because you're sitting on the sofa because you know it's going to hurt, then you've Mm. established that habit. That habit of going out three times a week for a walk then becomes a walk run. And then eventually when your body adapts, you can get to running. Well, I mean, it sounds like great advice. One thing I'd throw in just as a, a practical tip in that, because walking... If you've got a dog, it's, it's quite easy. You know, you've got a purpose as to why you're walking. So it, it can sometimes feel odd when you're just going for a walk. You sort of think, I might as well just turn around and go home. Do you know what I mean? It's very easy to think about giving up. These earbuds, you know, which I'm using now to do this interview, these earbuds that can just sit in your ear. I was very resistant to them originally. I remember I was in a mobile phone shop and this young girl was just very, she was really passionate about the earbuds. 
I was like, no, no, I'll stay with the wired thing. You know when you're just resistant to change. But the way that they make it easier to listen to um, podcasts, audio books and stuff, because you don't have the wire or something, there's something very different about it. So if, if you find stuff like that really boring, get the earbuds, because then suddenly you'll have a book on the go and you'll actually, I've found of recent times, or a podcast that you like, or this podcast thing, exactly. where you think, I'm exactly. looking forward to this walk. And, and you know, it's like sometimes if you're in the house and you're trying to listen to something, there's always the chance that someone's going to want something from you. You know what I mean? Or just even if you do that bloke thing of locking yourself in the bathroom, she thinks, is he cracking one out? And you think, no, love, <laughs> it's actually it's actually a lot more tragic than that. Uh, I'm listening to Joe Rogan. Actually, I am cracking one out listening to Joe Rogan. Hundred percent. Two birds, one stone. Look, and I think in keeping with this podcast, see what mm. most people think, Jeff, is yes. you need to do this cardiovascular, you need to run to lose weight. So that yeah. is the biggest myth that people have around exercise. Why are you running? Well, I'd rather run because walking doesn't burn any calories. If you're using cardiovascular activity as your only means of losing weight, mm. you're set for failure. Okay. It doesn't work. You know, you've heard the old things about that you can't outrun a bad diet, etc. It's really true. So if you just look at the math, so if you're someone like you, an 80 kilogram man, I live in the UAE now, so I'm in kilograms, you're running, you'll burn 80 to 100 calories per kilometer, right? So mm. let's say you do a 5K. Everyone knows you're five. I'll go out for a 5K, a cheeky 5K, half an hour run. You're going to burn 500 calories in a 5K run, right? So yeah. if you factor that in, you think, right, okay, we're told from an energy standpoint, 3,500 calories in a week deficit, energy deficit mm. to reduce two pounds of body fat. Yeah. That would mean you have to run a 5K seven days a week just to mm. lose two pounds of body fat. I know, Jeffrey, I know. Yeah. So when you think of it like that, it's like, hang about. So if you want to lose weight, the name of the game is energy balance. Control what you put down your neck. I'm not saying running an exercise isn't a useful tool towards losing weight, but if it is solely your only tool for weight loss, you're setting yourself up for failure. And it's painful, you'll probably get injured, and you get depressed, and you'll get even fatter. So build your running up. Any other stuff? Yeah, should we add some other stuff? Like if this was a government health warning, they would make even more apocalyptic predictions. So you've gone as far as saying fatter. I'd go as far as saying you start gambling. You might even get in with a terrorist cell. You might, oh. yeah, you might start human trafficking. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if it's Chris nice. Whitty, Chris Whitty would say this just to get everyone to do what he wants them to do. Number two is another exercise-based one. Lift weights. There you go. I'm just that's all I'm gonna say. Lift weights. Lift, lift weights. Heavy all right, shit. I, I'm good. I'm gonna come back on oh, role play. Lift here. heavy shit, Jeff. I would no, on. no, but I role play. I don't want to be that muscly man. That doesn't help me lose weight. I'll, oh, I'll do the classic, classic, yes. Yeah. Jeffrey, don't worry about that. Building muscle is very, very difficult. It's very, very I'm difficult. I'm so muscular already. If I lift weights already, it's going to be intimidating for my missus. She's going to feel like she has to lose weight. She'll end up going to some <laughs> clinic for a food eating disorder. I can't have that in my life, Matt. So lift heavy shit. So no, I won't go too long. I mean, I talk about this a lot on my podcast. It, I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of, and it's male mm. and female, but there's still this misconception around getting bulky. It is really, really quite challenging to build lean tissue muscle it's very mm. challenging lots of benefits of it so huge amounts your basal metabolic rate goes up do you know what that is jeff do you know what your bmr is son my my basal yes your basal metabolic rate well i'm sure and i'm presuming it's nothing to do with the spice rack so no i don't no. know what that means no. okay so that <laughs> is literally how many calories you burn 
just functioning. So heart right. beating, oxygen, brain, glucose to the brain. So your BMR makes up sort of 60 to 70% of your calorie burn. Someone talks about exercise. When you weight train, you're going to increase some lean mass, more muscle mass mm -hmm. across your whole frame. It's like the engine of a car. The more muscle you build, you're going to build, you're going to burn more calories just sitting. You're sitting in the armchair, eating the Twix, watching Netflix. You'll yeah. burn more calories at rest. You'll burn more calories when you go for your walk and you listen to that podcast. You're going to increase joint stability. So when you weight train, joints get stronger. So we talked earlier about running or doing cardiovascular activity. When you weight train, I would always say this to clients, mm. walk first, do some weight training, create some stability and some strength around joints so they can handle the two or three times body weight when you go running. Bone density, osteoporosis, osteopenia, yeah. bone density, risk of falls, Jeff. Do you know about the risk of falls? Well, I do think it's very, it's getting sad now. I've had that first time <laughs> where I fell in the bath and, and it, it was really hard to get up, actually. Fucking That's dangerous, sad. mate. Right now, yeah. Yeah, so you're already fearful of the fall. Now, once yeah. you get over the age of 70, falls are the enemy for anyone listening, right? Hmm. People fall over, they fracture their wrist, their pelvis or their ribs, whatever they do. They end up in hospital, they're dead in 18 months controversial but true i worked on a falls yeah. prevention scheme for years so when people talk about falls they think about standing on a bosu ball doing balance my mm. experience of working with people that fall it's not actually a balance thing so people will catch their and this is people that are listening and got older parents but people will catch their foot on, on a wire or curb and then they fall over their leg actually gets out to stop them mm. it's just that their legs are not strong enough so sarcopenia is a technical term for loss of muscle mass as we age type 2 fibers which are your power fibers they're the ones that atrophy, we lose. So weight train, keep your legs strong. I, and I mean this, keep your legs strong, reduce yeah. your risk of falls. So my, my gammy hands, my wrists, which are now in a lot better shape, but you, when we last spoke about all this stuff, you suggested doing air weights. And that is not like a Northern Irish person saying, oh, white's well, it's lemonade, air weights. You suggested just like putting tension into your arms as you do certain exercises and that for me as well i mean look i'm not i'm not a hench but I've, I've got some sort of fucking bicep back i've got a little bit of trapezium action going on um it, you feel weird doing it just standing there tensing your arms and moving them up and down as though you've got invisible weights but is this becoming like a more is this a thing do people do many people do this no, they don't. Not many people do airwaves. I actually was giving you isometrics for the technical terms. So your listeners are not at home start flapping their arms around. We were applying tension, weren't we? Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but the problem with that, because yeah. I still had issues in my wrist then, so it just seemed to be exacerbating uh, it. But I moved. So maybe I've actually invented, I could patent this. Exactly. You've Jeff Norcott's invisible airwaves. <laughs> and I might charge people for the invisible airwaves as they come. They go, you could have the six-weight deal, that would be 50 quid, or for just 10 quid more, you get the full set of nothing. Exactly. So here's another, here's another sell for resistance training. Reduction in pain. You were talking about your wrist. People have pain. When you strength train, your nervous system detects it. We won't yeah. bore you with the, uh, the, the neuroscience of pain, but... Sometimes a pain experience for people is that your, your nervous system detects that a joint is unstable or not strong, gives you pain so you don't use that joint. So just by resistance training, uh, studies have shown that it can reduce pain in joints and including back pain. In actual fact, longevity studies, and this is, you know, boys in labs studying Olympic athletes. So they've done long-term studies of like, so Olympians back in the 60s. Mm. Endurance athletes don't do too well in later age. The field athletes, athletes that are carrying muscle mass, do. So... That, that's what I'd say to people. If you want to age well, it's okay to do cardiovascular training. Yes, you want to look after your heart and lungs, 
I get it, mm. but do some form of resistance training. It's so important. You know, and the other thing to think about as well, when people are thinking about, should I do CV or should I do resistance? Adaptations to both modalities, all right? So mm. think of it from an evolutionary standpoint. When you do cardiovascular activity, so you keep going out for a run, right? You're building your run up. Yeah. Your body has no idea that you are going out running because you ate too many pigs in blankets over Christmas, right? It just yeah. thinks, your body thinks for whatever reason, for survival reasons, you're having to run a long way. You're either running away from stuff or you've got to run to a well, whatever it is. It's all about survival. So what your body will do is it will adapt and make you more efficient at doing cardiovascular activity. What that means yeah. is the more you do cardiovascular activity, the less return on investment you get. So you become more efficient at running. So you burn less calories. Take resistance training, on the other hand. Your body doesn't know you're in pure gym, lifting weights, you've got bigger pecs. It just thinks, for whatever reason, Jeff is picking some heavy shit up. It must be for survival reasons, fuck me. So what does the body do? The adaptation to that is it makes you stronger. So you're more efficient at lifting heavy shit. You can then lift ah. heavier shit, grow more muscle mass, higher metabolism, joint stability, job done. Okay, just interrupting the chat there with Matt. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're getting little nuggets of information. I think Matt is very good at just phrasing things or, or looking at things slightly differently to, to start a process uh, in your brain. So we've got hype. All Everything Matt does, follow him on Instagram. Uh, have a check out his podcast, the Matt Marnie Fitness Podcast. I mean, if you just search Matt Marnie, you're going to remember the name, aren't you, Matt Marnie? Uh, you should be able to find it. Okay, let's give a shout out to some more new patrons here. Let's, uh, why must I, my voice has gone weird. New patrons here. We've got Barnaby Fenn. Barnaby Fenn from the Hampstead Glen. You sound like a fucking famous five character. Mark Allison, who just sounds like, I don't know, like that's an 80s footballer name, isn't it? Mark Allison played like seven years of his career at Oxford United and transferred from the U's. Eventually was player manager at like fucking Cole Shorten Athletic, non-league player. Now, now he runs a bookies. Uh, Hilary Moo. Look, Hilary, I'm sorry if this is culturally insensitive to mock your name, but Hilary Moo. I mean, it is Moo as in Moo's. Hilary Moo. Is it Moon or something? Did you miss off a letter? Hillary Moon. <laughs> that old Moo, eh? I mean, like, all of these jokes you've heard, Hillary. We haven't, though. So let us have our fun, please, Hillary Moon. Thank you for your support. Tim Spurrier. Tim Spurrier. Is that... That just sounds like a... Sounds like a brand of sparkling wine there. I can have a glass of Spurrier. Mm, that sounds a bit gross now, doesn't it? <laughs> and Adam Bradbury. There you go. Fucking solid name at the end there. End there. Adam Bradbury... Adam Bradbury, you do sound like a bit of a rugger bugger, I've got to say, just partly because your nickname could be appropriated as such. Adam Bradbury, Ads Brads. Is Ads Brads coming? No, Ads Brads can't make it. Oh, love Ads Brads, mate. He is just such a fucking... He can, uh, he can just... He can put his whole balls and cock in a pint glass and suction. He's got massive balls, Ads Brads, yeah. <laughs> Ads Brads and his big balls. Obviously, I'm back on tour in less than a month. So the early shows of I Blame the, Fer the Ferents. I Blame the Parents. I mean, this generation of kids are going to blame the fucking parents, aren't they? <laughs> you know, I Blame the Parents. I Blame the Institutions of State. I Blame Public Health England. Um, it's going to be on the road again. The early dates are getting very close to being sold out. I'm at the Cardiff Glee Club on the Sunday, the 6th of November. Then on the 10th... Oh, sorry, 6th of February. Then on the 10th of February, I'm at the Lead Mill in Sheffield. The 11th of February, the Grange Theatre in Norwich. Then I am as I'm just picking some some random ones that I don't mention so often. Carlisle, Friday the 4th of March. 
at the Castle Theatre in Wellingborough on Wednesday the 9th of March. Comedia in Bath, a very good venue that. I've played it as a club. Uh, that'll be on the 10th of March. Then I'm in... Yeah, I'm in... <laughs> I'm going to do the Belfast accent. Hey, look at you, eh, man. I'm in... Oh, fuck. You've got to be in the mood to do the Northern Irish accent, haven't you? I'm in uh, Belfast. Hey, I'm in Belfast. I ended up sounding like... Who was that political reporter back in the day? Here we are in Westminster. Uh, I'm in Belfast on the 18th of March. Uh, I'm in uh, the Lawrence Batley Theatre in, in Huddersfield. So we've already spoke about Huddersfield there. Uh, maybe I'll give a couple of free tickets to that teacher to get him out of hiding. That's on the 27th of March. I'm at the New Theatre Royal on the 2nd of April in Portsmouth in Pompey. And I am going to be at the Palace Theatre Southend. Then we've got dates in Manchester, Maidstone, Swindon, Ipswich Corn Exchange, and then back at Wimbledon Theatre. Back at Wimbledon Theatre to finish off the tour, Sunday the 29th of May. And if you, you know, if you've seen the show already, this is now going to be six months late. It's going to be a fairly different show. So if you want to see me this year, that is going to be the only London date. And having seen Panto at Wimbledon Theatre, I might just <laughs> I might just momentarily forget where I am. Just come out and go, hiya kids! <laughs> Hiya, Jeffrey! Oh, will anybody warn me if a left-wing comic appears behind me and starts calling me a racist? Okay, let's get back to the chat with Matt. Okay, so we just had a little hype there. Uh, tip number three, Matty. Eat more vegetables and lean protein. Fuck off, fuck off, no. How does that Not sound? doing it. Uh, yeah, no. Exactly! Vegetables, they taste shit. I don't like vegetables. Right, I'll give it to your audience quickly. You notice I didn't say fruit and vegetables. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? I did that? notice See? that, Because yeah. it's quite, people eat fruit and vegetables. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a bit, well, I can overeat cakes. I can overeat sweets. I can overeat fruit. Why? Sugar, fructose. Yeah. I'm not going to go into fructose, but fructose is a bit naughty. can be a bit naughty on your liver. It's metabolized slightly different to glucose, which is, what you're going to get in your standard carbohydrates like your breads and etc. Yeah. Anyway, we won't bore them with the fructose thing. Have some fruit, but don't go over the top because grapes, you know yourself, you can munch grapes. They're quite calorific. And, you know, if you've got a sweet tooth, you can overeat that. So fuck the fruit, right? Fuck the Put fruit. The but corner, what if you could you meet? I mean, this is, this is possible, is it not, that you could meet somebody that got fat off fruit? That could be like a Channel 4 show, couldn't it? Fat off fruit. Fat, this geezer, fat off fruit. Um... <laughs> I, I would say, I would actually say, yeah. you could, it depends, if just fruit alone, you'll probably get palate fatigue, probably, right. and you'd probably, you'd, if you ate that much fruit, if you just ate fruit, you'd probably end up with non-alcoholic fatty liver, because fructose is a bit naughty, it gets stored in the liver, it's right, slightly right. different metabolic pathway to glucose, so that's what another thing I'd say to people, if you drink pure orange juice or any fruit juices, fuck them right off, tell you, put them in the bin now, because that's not good for you. It's not good for your liver, particularly if you're a pisshead as well. So if you drink loads of booze and you get up in the morning with a hangover and you drink orange juice, you're going to die soon. That's a bit controversial, isn't it? But well, no, mate, mate, we're living in the world of, of harsh public health messages. But what about people that say, mate, I'm hungover. The only way I feel better the following day is I have a fry-up and I have an orange juice with it. That orange juice with the fry-up, when we used to go down the Micah Caff in Wimbledon, that was how we felt like good exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you need the orange because you get your chips with the Micah Caff. You've got your fry up breaks. So, no, I, I won't go too far to vegetable fruit. Fruit's okay. Fruit's got fiber in it. Fruit juices, fuck them right off. Vegetables, okay. though, Jeff, here's a list of, of reasons why you want to eat vegetables because they are going to, you know, help you heal wounds, uh, bolster your immune system, repair cellular damage. 
Um, yeah, vegetables are good for you. They're good sources of minerals and vitamins and phytochemicals. They're also low energy dense, which means you can eat a lot of them and feel full up. So if we're talking mm. about energy balance and over consuming, I think I'm a bit like you, the whole, you know, have you heard that saying like 80 or 80% full? Not yeah. really into that. It's not, doesn't really do no. it for me. I like, I like so to I like go 110%. Yeah, 110% then go for a purge yeah. and then go for a run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's true. I, I will. Yeah. I like that. I, I, that's why if I'm around the wrong foods, and there's people that can probably identify with this, if I'm yeah. around the wrong foods, I will overconsume, feel ill, have a little break, a bit of palate fatigue, eat some crisps, mix it up with a savoury, then go back to the chocolate. But with, with vegetables, you're very unlikely to – well, you can't get fat. That would be an interesting programme. Fat yeah. on fruit, that could happen, and also probably yeah. non-alcoholic fatty liver. But fat on ve- some getting fat on vegetables, that'd be an interesting one. I think you'd be more like depressed on vegetables just because you're eating vegetables all the time. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd be regular. Um, so, yeah, so eat more vegetables is, is my advice because nutrition yeah. is it's a minefield, Jeff. It generally yeah. is it's a minefield. There's lots of misinformation out there. There's lots of camps. You've got like... And it's a bit like politics today, isn't it? It's a bit like yeah, you've got yeah. like you've got you've got like carnivores, and then you've got vegetarians, then you've got the vegans, then you've got the paleo crew, then you've got you know intermittent fasting crew, and for most people, it's just too much information. People don't know where to start. Or at this time of year, what they're doing, they're trying fad diets. Because that's something else I would want to mention. I don't talk about vegetables, but fad diets. Like people say to me, I tried paleo, I lost a load of weight. I tried low carb, I lost a lot of weight. I tried mm. carnivore. I lost a lot of weight. Of course you did. You cut out a macronutrient. So the, 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 the secret formula to all these diets, and by the way, all diets work short term, is they create a calorie deficit, an energy deficit. That is thermodynamics 101. That is key to any weight loss strategy. And we've already said exercise alone is a tool, but it's not going to cure it. You need to address the energy coming in. Energy balance. But all this stuff, Jeff, whether or not it's exercise or whether or not it's nutrition, it's about changing habits. Habits are difficult to change. Why people don't change, Jeff? I've got people in my life. I look at them and they go, I just go, well, it's not easy to change. Clearly people would. But it would be about committed action. But if I was going to give someone a very quick tip, I would say Mm. eat more vegetables, cut out the crap. So we all know, if I said to any any client I sit down with, they'll go, tell me what's Mm. rubbish in your diet and what you eat too much of. And they'll just list it. And I go, rather than throwing the kitchen sink at it, just cut that stuff out. Just be consistent. Think about the long game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And changing habits, establishing a different palette. I, I, I mean, I've made some very good changes over the years. Is that I used to go for KFC from the Colonel. I used to go <laughs> variety meal, which was three pieces and two hot wings. But then I sort of realised that what I actually wanted in part was the experience of going to KFC. So what I'm I've saying. had for the last five years now is just a two-piece chicken meal. Uh, so I get a sense of the 11 uh, secret herbs and spices. I have the feeling that I've indulged. But actually, that meal is a 700-calorie meal. It's not a great source of nutrition, but I feel like I've rewarded myself. Energy balance. And there lies the reason why you're not a fat fuck. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you've, you've actually thought about it. And these are the changes that people can make. To some listeners, though, I would say on the last tour, you know, because it goes up and down, I did have quite... Because, you know, because of the style of comedy I do, people are quite blunt with me, and there are quite a lot of blokes that said to me, you're a lot fatter on stage than I thought you would be. But, Jeff, these people didn't know me and you when we were 19, right? They had had no idea that when we worked at BSM, 
the British yeah. School of Motoring as an admin job together, we would every lunchtime go to yours. We'd, yeah. we'd induce our appetite. I won't talk about how we induced our appetite. Yep. We, 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 we get create, the munchies. We got the munchies and we consume a large Big Mac meal every lunchtime before we went back. We would also consume sweets and crisps. So to those people, I'd say, fuck you. You have no idea about yeah. my history. Never judge someone by their present day. You've always got to know their history. You're doing all right, son. You're still at fighting weight. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. But I, I did do, there was one appearance I did on Mash Report, and this was this was when I was up at the 13 and a half. Everyone knows their weight. There's a lot of yeah. taller men, 13 and a half is absolutely fine for them. But I had man tits, and I was wore a top that was like a merino crew neck top, which kind of folds in weird ways anyway. And it was a silver color, so it trapped all the light under it, and it just it looked like I had massive tits. What most people think? Um, right, let's let's move on because I I, yeah. I understand that your, your next two are more on the kind of behaviors and wellness kind of thing. So talk to me about number four. Number four is meditate and write a gratitude list. So. I'm not mm. going to bore your listeners with meditation. Uh, the last show I came on, I talked about meditation. If they want to, I've got a few on my podcast where I've talked about why and how I meditate. But look, I think most people are aware that there are benefits to it. They normally reel them off. So reduced anxiety, you know, is the, is the classic. When people come on beginners courses, that's why they're there. Increased focus, increased attention, working memories improved. You're less reactive to life. You respond more. You listen. Um, yeah. You get physical value, your blood pressure goes down, your heart rate variability improves, your risk of coronary heart disease goes down, um, brain coherence improves, so you actually uh, you, you, you have better emotional intelligence. So there's, there's a stack of benefits of meditation. But, but what about the fact that when you're doing it, you feel like a wanker? <laughs> well, that's a personal thing. That's called judgment. So, yeah, when I teach yeah. these courses... We talk about John Kabat-Zinn, who's kind of my hmm. my, my go-to man. John Kabat-Zinn. Yeah, he's says, got st- some simple stuff on YouTube people could go to right now. John, John Kabat-Zinn, yeah. yeah. Non-judgmentally. And your mind will wander. That's what it does. You catch it, bring it back. But it is, it's a superpower meditation. I'm not going to bore your listeners with it. If they want to, they could listen to our last episode or they could listen to, I've done some solo shows on my pod. But I think med- meditation, I think, I think people would find there's a lot of people that would find benefit from it. Whereas I think the good thing about a gratitude list, on the other hand, is that that is sort of a bit less, if people see it as a bit out there to meditate, you know, like some people see even acupuncture like that. A gratitude list is perhaps something more that reminds people of kind of religious practices or prayer or something like that. So a gratitude list in the morning, when I've been at the worst depressions, they were a good way to get off the floor, essentially. You know, just a simple reminder of things that are good in your life. But yeah, seriously, gratitude list is such a powerful tool. So it will offset um, it will offset um, negativity. It will offset self centeredness. It, it, uh, it's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, this negativity bias that we have. So from an evolutionary standpoint, we have an inbuilt negativity bias. The reason for that is that for us to survive, we we should probably pay attention to the naughty stuff and be a bit paranoid. I mean, I say this a lot. We're descendants of paranoid people, right? Right, so this is about this is about our relationship with risk, right? It's about how we how we we tend to react more violently to risk than any other emotional prompt. Exactly. So we 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 have a negativity bias, so we're already joined to that. So twenty four hour news cycles, phones, etc. Yeah. So so what a gratitude list does is it changes the brain structurally. So uh, a neuroplastic uh, level, there are changes to the brain. I'll just describe quickly to your listeners what we've got. So a gratitude list is just it could be straightforward as this: wake up every morning. I can write down five things that you're grateful for, write down 10 things you're grateful for in your life. Yeah. Don't just think it, write it down. Want to take it a step further. Yeah. Verbalize mm. it. 
So I've been involved with men's groups in the UK where you would literally do a WhatsApp voice note, verbalize it, send it to someone else. Give this stuff time. Studies show changes, structural changes in the brain within 14 mm. days of writing gratitude lists. And that the, the studies that looked at this, these people just did 14 days in the study. The effects lasted for six months. So it's like anything. You, it's a real bang for your buck. The thing to yeah. remember with gratitude lists is the real structural changes take place in the brainstem. So there's an area called your reticular activating system. So that is like your filter on the world. Right? This is where mm. the gratitude list really has power. So I don't know. Let's take it, for example, you're going to buy a Could new Could I car. just, be, 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 before, before we move on, I think people will be interested in some examples of gratitude. Because that's sometimes when people sit with that list, they don't know what kind of things right, they yeah. should be grateful yeah, yeah. for. So from your own point of view, if you used to sit and do a gratitude list now, what things might be there? Okay, so I, I literally, I mean, mine's part of my meditation, but I literally start with the day that's just been. So I'll think about the day that's just happened. So yesterday yeah. I'd be talking about, I did a FaceTime chat with my mum. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the, a meal that, that Karen cooked for me. So you just reel off something in a day. So that's really narrowing it in. And then mm. I will list 10 things in my life. So gratitude lists are, they're personal <laughs> and mm. they develop at first, People struggle, particularly if you're stuck in this negativity bias. If you're not meditating and you're just a slave mm. to the narrative in your mind. But, but a gratitude list is personal. So I say start with five things in the day. Now, what happens is you start to develop the attitude of gratitude, right? So your lens on the world changes. So going back to the reticular activating system, you've written your gratitude list, but you're doing it consistently. Let's say, for example, you're going to buy a new car. You say to Emma, oh, fuck, I've got, I want to I get a red Mini, Yeah. She might say, oh, fuck me, don't do that. Cars depreciate as soon as you buy them, whatever. But you say, no, I want a red mini. When you're out and about before you buy that red mini, you start to notice red minis, right? You notice yeah. them everywhere. And that is a filter that you have that's inbuilt. So basically, there's so much sensory information coming in. If we didn't have a filter, we'd get overload. Mm. The system would crash. So what a gratitude list does, when you start to, and the reticular, activity, uh, reticular activating system is just paying attention to what you're thinking about. So it must be mm. important, so I'll keep you on for it. If you're practicing gratitude daily, you start to just notice things in the day that you're grateful for. You start to pick up on stuff. Oh, there was a lovely exchange in Safeways with that woman, right? When you're all locked mm. into angry, like, you know, self-centered, it's all about me, fuck me, the world's against me. Yeah, yeah. You don't even notice that stuff. So practicing an attitude of gratitude or bringing gratitude, thankfulness into your life, it makes you happier, Jeff. So last one here. We might have to keep this one uh, a bit snappy, but what's your last tip here? For This is uh, tips to be a better bloke in 2022. What's the All last right. tip? Spend less time on your phone. There you no. go. No, no, yes. I'm not doing it. I have yep. to. I have to. Whenever I just 50,000 times a day, when I have a shit, when I have a piss, <laughs> when I'm walking the dog, I have to be watching videos. I have to know what everyone's saying about everything. So convince yeah, yeah. me that that's wrong. Okay. Well, I'll start with a stat for you. So the average guy or girl in the West spends, uh, the mm. average person, four hours on their phone. Um, I, look, I've got an issue with my phone, Jeff. I'm sitting there watching mm. Netflix. I'm, I'm about three and a quarter myself. Yeah. Oh, so that, that's a good yeah. strategy. Be, be mindful. What is it that's going on? Why is it I keep picking my fucking phone up and mm. pressing on Instagram or Facebook, whatever? And it's, it's to do with dopamine. So we were talking about meditation earlier. Dopamine uh, is a neurotransmitter in the brain. And it's, a, it's not really about pleasure. It's more of serotonin. Dopamine's uh, desire and reward. So, so it's, it's desire mm. wanting stuff. 
So it works on dopamine receptors. Your phone is a higher dopamine activity because fuck me, I don't know what else is going to, something new is going to be there. It's going to be refreshed. So mm. you're a slave to this tech. So high dopamine. So what can you do about it? First thing you just said, you can track your screen time. So get an idea of how much time you're spending. Uh, turn off notifications. That's a good one. Uh, I, I've done that for, for WhatsApp groups, just because WhatsApp groups tend to ping, ping, ping all, all day long. Well, and I yeah. want to, I mean, they're not so, I mean, the good thing about them, I suppose, is that they, they tend to be people that you know, so that's good. Yeah, but, but they also, uh, they, they crack on all day. Yeah, and they crush your productivity, Jeff. It's just a known yeah. fact. If you're sitting down and you're focusing, you're preparing a solo show or you're preparing a gig, they, are, they will crush your productivity because of task swapping. We, we're mm. no good at switching tasks. If anyone reads anything about flow states, it's kind of as soon as your attention is drawn elsewhere to pick up that phone, it's one of your WhatsApps, but the phone's in your hand now. These tech companies know, don't they? So then you press mm. on Instagram. 35 minutes later, you're back on task. It takes you 10, 15. There's the whole compare and despair thing, mate, Instagram. You know what I mean? It's that whole thing of mm. it makes you feel shit. So it's kind of like, what can you do? Delete your social one, delete social media apps. It's like, oh, some people just, just saying it to someone scares the life out of them. Well, I need it for work. So you could, you can turn your screen grey apparently. So you can go into into your iPhone, make your screen grey. Mm. That makes it less attractive. Um, I, th- I think for me, and I'm sharing my own experience here. I I've been off all Christmas. I've clearly got an issue with my phone. I'll be watching the last episode. I was I was watching the last episode of Succession with my missus, loving it. Mm. Oh, what's going to happen? And she'll go, babe, why are you on your phone? And I'll look down and get a bit defensive, like an addict. I'll go. Uh, I don't, don't know. I had to do uh, something for work. Yeah, yeah. yeah for, for, and then you know, didn't you? And I'm like, no. I no, no, I do exactly the same. I'll be thoroughly oh, enjoying horrible. something. Like I was yeah. watching the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett. I'm in oh. the Star Wars universe, which is my, oh. my happiest yeah. place to be. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, I wonder what that journalist from The Guardian has said about uh, Boris Johnson. And why do I need to fucking know this? Do you know what I mean? Know. It's not going to He's going to say the same thing that he always says. So we, we are, we're up against it. And it's to do with dopamine receptors. So, you know, mm. put your, I've started putting my phone in a different room. I've started to use it less. You can do dopamine detox. That is like an addict though, isn't it? I mean, that's what I think is. is when I when right. I put my phone out of reach, I literally think of someone putting his stash uh, somewhere. Do you know another thing I do when I'm driving? This goes back to food as well. It's like if I'm driving, I've got a bag of Haribo's. I just think if I don't do something, I'm going to eat all of these. So I just throw them. Onto the back, you know the the yep. thing that yeah, the parcel shelf on the back. <laughs> I just throw them, and then the worst thing is, I'll then be thinking, I wonder if I could just reach back and maybe a couple. No, and then not. I think, so instead of the, having them in my hand now, I'm about to do some over the shoulder risky maneuver that might see me career off the A21. I know, I know, and it, that's again, it's to do with open receptors. That's what it is. That urge to pick it up. It's not the pleasure of eating the Haribo, and you can use meditation. Yeah. Junk food is associated with high dopamine activity. So if you can do, that's what happens with meditation. So things like meditation can dull down, can you know, dull down yeah. those dopamine receptors. You can do dopamine detoxes, just go on YouTube. What if I actually died that way? And then they were able to establish there was a footage of and they're going, we see here as he passes junction 14, he appears to be reaching. So, and then it's just like, oh, he's reaching for Haribo's. <laughs> and then, so maybe that's a metaphor for the phone there. Don't, don't let your life pass you by because exactly. you're reaching for some social media thing. I just think for people, if you're thinking about doing something that's going to help you mentally, physically, um, start thinking about strategies. And again, it's those small wins. For me, mm. I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to build a business, so time blocking. Get the fucking phone out the room. It's gone.
Listen, mate, these all sound like uh, fantastic tips. And you, what you've done is you put, like, these are things that people will be aware of. New stuff, these are principles that people will know in the back of their mind, but you put flesh on the bones here, which should hopefully give people a spur to at least that start of January like this, and then obviously become fat fucks by February. But um, you, if people are interested, I mean, obviously there's a way that you talk about fitness and stuff, which is very engaging oh. and, and motivational. It's the, um, it's the Matt Marnie Fitness Show. It's on all your yeah. platforms. Um, what else is going on? If someone is listening and they would like to, I, I, I don't do as much training one-to-one now. I'm doing a lot more group stuff and corporate stuff, but I, I do do Zoom stuff. If someone just wants to sit down, chew the fat, talk about their goal setting, mm. Uh, meditation I run meditation courses here there's a corporate well-being company wellness education Dubai we go in and sort your staff out we'll so there will be help. people listening who do who do live out uh, ah, there as well right, so if you, if you yep. want to get you know you want to meet the man himself exactly and get get Matt Marnie to put you in a downward dog or whatever, oh, whatever. yes yes <laughs> you, well I don't ask that. That. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm very yeah. it's actually a yoga posture but we do use it in Pilates as well we use it in Pilates as well well look yoga is, is a whole other thing but let's let's take baby steps and let's reconvene later in the year and see if we can promote the idea of yoga to normal blokes <laughs> exactly Matt Marnie thank you very much thank you Jeffrey. Okay, so that was the chat with Matt Marnie. Like I say, follow, uh, listen to his podcast, subscribe to that, get on his Instagram. Very good tips about posture. My wife is always telling me to look at Matt's tips about posture, but uh, as he said, change is difficult. Change is difficult, but do get involved. Um, we own, we have one letter this week. This is from our esteemed super patron, David Domain, who I will be in contact with about the ERM curve. But David has a particular point that he wants to make, and that is that uh, he was picking up on something that was said in Mystic Jeff episode. Uh, he said, another thing you remarked upon was that most people may not be happy with a third PM in a row quitting midterm. So this is about the idea that Boris might not make it uh, through this year. I mean, like, you know, politically. But he's quite a big lad as well. You never know. However, I think they need to remember we have a parliamentary system, not a presidential one. I find that there's this growing myth that general elections are about electing a prime minister and the PM somehow has personal mandate from the electorate for that role. Yet in reality, any PM is elected like any MP and a PM leads on a first amongst equals basis upon invitation by the monarch. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very fair point and I certainly think in terms of some of the stick I've given Boris, one of the points I've made is is, can we ever prove how popular he was? I mean, I don't think he was hated as much by the public in the lead up to the 2019 general election as was made out. And then when the Tories won it, I don't think he was as, as loved. They kind of, you know, The Tories go, well, you should see how many people want to take selfies with him. It's just because up till then, they didn't even know what a fucking selfie was. These selfie things, they want to do selfies with Boris. They've never had a politician... <laughs> that <laughs> was that popular with the public before. We never had this. Never had, you know, one of ours being a selfie, selfieable politician. Well, you know, now you've got Rishi. What I'm saying is Rishi is not only he's not only part of the selfie generation, he'll even be able to suggest what filter to put on it. Make the change, Tories. Okay, that is well. I normally say it's pretty much the end of the show, but that is the end of the show because I just went to check because I normally do read out the five star reviews in this bit, and uh, there are no new ones, which is fine. You know, it's fine. Everyone's get back to work. <laughs> it's look, it's just yeah. 
but look, the, the review, I don't know, all this stuff helps, but you know, you download it, you subscribe, it all helps. Then you review it and say nice things. It's part of this desperate march for approval and content that twats like myself are engaged in. So if you, you know, if you're not a patron, I mean, particularly you, if you're not a patron and you haven't bought tickets for the show and you haven't bought the fucking book, well, you, please, God, just go on iTunes and go five stars, yes, good. Now I... Now I know that that is exactly what people can do. They're just going to put the words, yes, good. Listen, man, I hope that your first week back in the real world is not too painful, and I'll see you next week for another episode of What Most People Think.